0: So I believe everyone knows that's here and also everyone that's watching through our live stream. We want to welcome you to Christ Fellowship. Uh, Our church is about we love God, make disciples and change the world. And we've been in the middle of a series called We Believe. It's in the cover of your bulletin and it's the foundations of our faith. Now, it's pretty much based on the Apostles' Creed. And I know pretty much every service, we've been starting off like that, especially if you're here, maybe you're here for the first time, or maybe you're not too sure uh, what the Apostles' Creed is. But pretty much the Apostles' Creed is a creed, a set of beliefs that were put together within the first 200 years of Christianity. It's pretty much the very first statement of faith that's being accredited to the apostles' writings. Not not that the apostles themselves wrote it, but because it's almost 2,000 years old, they're pretty much saying, hey, this is what the apostles pretty much stood for, and we want to make sure that we would be able to keep Jesus at the center of everything that we do. What's amazing with the Apostles' Creed is that every church that is able to profess this, uh, the Apostles' Creed. And the reality is that the majority of the Christian churches can and will. They're the ones that pretty much keep everything as a foundation with the Bible. And that is the main priority for our church and so many other churches out there too. And what we've been doing is starting off every service by reciting the Apostles' Creed. So if everyone could stand up to their feet, and we're going to have it behind us as well. And in case on your bulletin, on the bottom back side of the bulletin, is the Apostles' Creed too, so you could read it as well. Now something I mentioned last week is that the Apostles' Creed that we're reading is written in the traditional English, not the modern English. That's why some of the words are a little different, um, and we'll give some explanation to it as well. So we're going to start from the beginning. I believe it's there. Yes, it is. We're ready to go. Ready? One, two, three. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, And in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the virgin mary suffered under pontius pilate was crucified dead and buried he descended into hell the third day he rose again from the dead he ascended into heaven and he sitteth on the right hand of god the father almighty from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Great job. Great job. Yay! So a couple quick things, real quick. Uh, Last week I mentioned the statement, from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead— The word quick means living. Um, If you're reading from a King James version, it'll say quick there, not living, but that's what it means. It means living. Holy Catholic Church is with a little c. Whenever you see Catholic with a little c, it means the universal church, the overall church of Jesus. Um, So When it's a big C, it's the Roman Catholic Church, just to bring that distinction there. Um, So those are a couple major things for us to know. And something, too, is that each of our teachings is recorded. Uh, You're able to—we record it. It's on our Facebook page. So if you miss any of our um, weeks, you could always see them. And we also have a podcast that you're able to tap into to listen to teachings— as far back as like five years, I think. So we have them there as a library that you're able to scroll, scroll through and be able to see which one you would want to listen to. So last week, we focused on the fact that he ascended up to heaven. He sits on the right hand of God the Father. And from there, he'll judge the living and the dead. And we also talked about the goats and the sheep. And some of you that were here had a hard time trying to figure out. We showed pictures of baby goats and sheep, and it was hard for you to guess which one was which. And here it's important for us to know that in Matthew 25, Jesus gives a parable where he talks about the goats and the sheep and how he's able as a shepherd to separate them to know who are the true sheep following him, and to know who the goats are, you could say. And one of the differences, the main difference between goats and sheep that I mentioned last week is that sheep are obedient. Sheep follow the shepherd. And the goats is the complete opposite. The goats are rebels. The the goats want to do whatever they want to do, Uh, Whenever they want to do it, and they have their own agenda. So here Jesus is pretty much saying, it's like, hey, if you're a true follower of me, if you're a true disciple of Jesus, you would be a sheep in the fold being obedient and following my ways. But something that is interesting is that we saw with the pictures, it's hard to tell the difference between the two. And I really believe as Christians, it's hard for us to know, are we really following Jesus as him being our shepherd? Or are we being like a goat and being rebellious and like bucking him along the way and not wanting to do what he wants us to do? And last week, I'm just going to go over it quickly because this week we're going to really build from it as well. But I, I, I want to read first, before I go over the questions, something that's important. It's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And I want to highlight this. You know why? Because I really believe that in churches across the world, just because you go to church doesn't mean that you're a follower of Jesus. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you're a disciple of Jesus. Just because you go to church doesn't mean that you're a sheep in his fold. Just because you go to church doesn't mean that things are okay. In our minds, it may seem like it's okay. But what we want to do today is to make sure that we're true disciples, make sure that we're not being rebellious, like running like a go against the will of God, and in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, it says this. It says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And I want to pause it there. Just because all of us in reading that, we automatically feel like this is Christians versus unbelievers. This description that we just read, in our minds, we say, those are people that don't know Jesus. I have news for you. This passage is pretty much for the church. People that do know God, because so many people, they have a form of godliness But in reality, they're not allowing Jesus to transform them, to have their way in them, and to be a sheep in the fold. Now listen to the next statement. And it pretty much says it it there clearly, verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Pause. A form of godliness. So all of those things that I read before... It wasn't about the unbeliever, someone that doesn't know Jesus. It's someone that has a form of godliness. On the outside, it looks like they have it all together. On the outside, it looks like they have a relationship with God. On the outside, they have all the Christian needs. They know when to say the amens. They know that God bless you. They know I will pray for you. They have it all together. But the thing is that Jesus looks at the heart. You might be able to fake your family sometimes. You might be able to fake your friends. You might be able to fake your coworkers. You might be able to fake people in the church. You might be able to fake so many other people, but you can't fake God. God sees the heart. And the reason we're highlighting this today is just because I want all of us to be true disciples, people that love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul, not people that just have a form of godliness but deny its power. Think about that. On the outside, you look like probably certain actions like Jesus, but on the inside, you're resisting, rebelling against what God wants to do in and through your heart and life. Is that you? And I have news for you, every single person in this room, including myself, all the pastors, all the leaders, every Christian that's ever lived, we've been in that situation before. Where we've resisted in this journey of knowing Jesus, we've resisted certain changes, we've wanted to do things our way sometimes. But it it has to come to a place where we surrender it all, giving God our whole heart, life, mind, will, our our dreams, our goals, our families, our our problems, our issues, our circumstances, our money, our possessions, everything. We leave it before God. And I don't know if you've gotten to that place yet. And then let's just continue. We'll just go right back to verse 5. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. And then it says, have nothing to do with such people. (laughs) Like, straight up, it's like, hey, don't, pretty much, don't get contaminated by these type of people because they're faking it. Um, They're the kind who warm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. So obviously, They're addressing something that was happening specifically there in that time. But the next statement, I think it's so interesting. It says this, always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. I think that's such a powerful statement in the Bible. Always learning. So this could easily be someone that's always at church, always learning, always at church, Who knows? They might have done class 101, 201, 301, gone through all the retreats, always learning. But pretty much how it says, always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth that they're learning. So that's why, honestly, for me, I'm not impressed about how much head knowledge you know about God. You could quote the Bible inside and out from the first verse to the last. It wouldn't impress me. Because that just makes me, you probably take a lot of vitamins for great memory. I forget which vitamin is good. Uh, Ginkgo balboa or something like that. I forget what it is. You probably take one of those vitamins. You're just a great, like, in memorizing things. But are you living it? Are you applying the truth that you're quoting? You know, is your life showing the evidence that you know Jesus and you're living for him? So here, last week, we did a, a test. And we're going to go over the questions real quick, just in case you weren't there. So I know it's summertime. Some people, they, they, they were on the beach probably last week, just enjoying el sol, así. So we're going to go over real quick. Number one, are you quick to criticize and complain? And these are questions for us to see if we have tendencies of a goat, of being rebellious. I'm not calling you a goat. You know, don't, 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 don't leave here today and be like, yo, Pastor Carlos, he straight up said I'm a goat. You know, th- don't be spreading rumors that are not true. You know, that's for you to decide if you're a goat or not because Jesus knows the truth. That's up to you, uh, you to decide. But here, if you have tendencies to be a goat, it could be very dangerous in your walk, okay? So, number one, are you quick to criticize and complain? Some people just love to complain about everything and criticize everything all right i'm just saying number two is it your way or the highway what if someone wants to do something different from what you want to do what is your stance do you assume the goat stance and it's like i'm not moving i'm doing whatever i want to do you know is that you number two number three is it hard for you to say i'm sorry I've seen that a lot of times those that have goat-like tendencies do not like to apologize. They just don't. It, it's just that's part of the stubbornness. It's like, no, I'm not going to apologize, even though everyone around you know that you're wrong, but you don't want to acknowledge it, and you, don't, or you, you just stand your ground. Number four, do you tend to say no or ignore God? God knocking on your heart saying, "Hey, you should get involved. You should use your gifts and talents for his kingdom." And and then in the midst of it, you're like, "No. You know, like I have other better things to do." Like be on Facebook for 5 hours a week or, you know, some of you be like, "5 hours a week? That's nothing. I'm on Facebook 5 hours a day." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so so when you think about it, if you're quick to resist, quick to resist God, you could have goat-like tendencies. Number five, do you resist those in authority in your life? It's like you're in a pattern of you just resist them no matter what. Number six, do you always look for shortcuts? Be- and you know what? People, the reason why I highlight this being a goat-like tendency is because you're looking for shortcuts because you don't want to go through the pro- process the way it's supposed to be, you want to do it your way. So you look for shortcuts, okay? Number seven, do you tend to gossip about others? Do you tend to gossip? Now, I have to say this, in the church, a lot of times people gossip in the name of Jesus, okay? I'm just speaking the truth. People is like, yo, let me tell you about so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. You talk about like 30 minutes about that person, blah, 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 blah. They're like, yeah, pray for them. And you walk out. How about this? Imagine just talking for about 30 seconds, a little bit about the situation, and spending the 29 minutes extra in praying for that person. To really try to make a difference in the lives of that situation that you're concerned about. Are we just gossiping in the name of Jesus? Like thinking that it's okay? Just because of maybe your title or who you are or whatever it may be? It doesn't matter. Number eight, do you help others only when it doesn't inconvenience you? Do you help only, only when it doesn't inconvenience you? The moment it affects your comfort, you say no. You say like, no, no. I, and, and think about this. Jesus is in our, our example. He's our example. And I have a feeling that his comfort was pretty shaken up, you could say, from what he was used to. The journey he went on to show love to us, you know, if he's our example, how much more? And not to say anything, we have it easy here in the United States, you could say, following Jesus. There's people around the world that are dying for their faith. Dying for their faith. Like lit- literally, they, like, it's a whole different dynamic. And for us here, because everything is so comfortable, we just think that everything has to fit a certain mold before we could actually help out. Number nine, do you do the bare minimum at work? Wherever you work, we have to remind ourselves, we work as if unto the Lord. Whoever your boss is, they might be great, they might be horrible, your work, your real boss is Jesus, and he's the one that you're serving. So every single day, you want to give it 150% because of Jesus. But in your mind, if you're like, you know what, I hate my boss, it's like, what, he's not looking? All right, let me get on the computer. Let me go to Instagram or on my phone. Let me text my friends and not do work or try to escape or try to extend your lunch periods or whatever it may be. It's like all of a sudden you need to realize that the witness you're giving is not one that glorifies God. But in addition to that, what you're showing as a motivation in your heart is that you're bucking the, pretty much the authority that's in place in your life. And number 10, do you follow God according to your own terms? It's like, God, I'll follow you, but I'm not going to give this up. I'll follow you, but I'm going to allow this sin to be in my life. I'll follow you, but I'm not, in no way, shape, or form, I'm going to do this. It's almost, I, those of you that know me very well know I love Chinese food. I love Chinese food so much. My birthday's January 6th, so in case you want to buy me some general style chicken with pork fried rice and an egg roll, go ahead. You'll be my best friend. Just don't all order it at the same time. I'm not going to be able to finish it. That's too much orders. But uh, But I... I have to say, I haven't gone to a buffet in a long time. I'm proud of myself from that same point. But I've always loved buffets, Chinese buffets. But that's how we treat Christianity and Jesus. Be like, you know what? I'm good with this. I'll take a little bit of this. But Jesus, no, I'm not taking that. You know, you pick and choose what you want to follow. And let me tell you something. You can't pick and choose what you want from the Bible. It's either the entire Bible or no. No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the principles of the Bible are principles that we need to live by. And we need to surrender to what God has. So today, as we continue, and the reason why I did a little recap of last week is because today we're going to focus on three main main components that we could easily rebel against. And I'll explain. Today we're going to talk about, I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Catholic Church, and the communion of saints. And it's amazing for me to, um, to think, too, that right after, you know, God, right there in the Apostles' Creed, it highlights how God will judge us. Right afterwards, it pretty much highlights, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, and the communion of saints. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 4, verses one 1- through 6 this is the apostle paul is speaking as a prisoner for the lord then i urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So right there, the Apostle Paul pretty much highlights those three major statements of the Apostle Creed. He talks about each of us making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, to keep the unity of the Spirit, not to grieve the Holy Spirit, not in any way, shape, or form to, to negatively impact what God is doing. And also he highlights the unity pretty much of the overall church And the fact that we're supposed to be there together um, as one, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So we need to realize that here it's our responsibility, each of us, to be able to honor God in this journey as we're highlighting these things. And the very first area that we could definitely resist is the Holy Spirit. I'm going to highlight Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 to 32. It says this, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. And I just want to pause there. Jesus at one point in one of the scriptures says that we will give account to every careless word that we give. Just going back. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Verse 30. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption get rid of all bitterness rage anger harsh words and slander as well as all types of evil behavior instead be kind to each other tender-hearted forgiving one another just as god through christ has forgiven you and i want to tell you the Holy Spirit is a person. He's part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus left and sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. And something that we don't realize is that the Holy Spirit, you know, sometimes we might forget that he's with us and he's God. He's equally God. He's a person with feelings that we could grieve. Right there, we read it, read it in the passage, don't grieve God's Spirit. You know, we could grieve the Holy Spirit. And we need to, so many times we want more of God. We're like, where could we get, how could we get more of God? You get more of God by getting rid of the stuff that doesn't belong and inviting the Holy Spirit to have his way in your life. But so many times we grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, th- we grieve the Holy Spirit by our actions. And there, like right after it says, um, do not bring sorrow to god 's holy Spirit. It says to get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander all types of evil behavior. So our own actions, our own actions, really state give the evidence to to pretty much where we are in our walk with God, and God wants us to really love him entirely. You know, to not grieve or bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit, but instead of having bitterness, having anger, gossiping, having slander, um, and keeping and harboring evil in our life, he wants us to allow him to transform us from the inside out, to love one another, to be kind to one another, to serve one another, to lay down our lives for one another the same way that Jesus laid down his life for us. We love the fact of what Jesus did for us, but we question if we're willing to do that for other people. But God wants us, he wants us to follow his lead in the impact that we're able to do to others. And I'm going to be very transparent, and I'm going to um, say as it is, well, make sure I don't fall there too, um, transparent, say as it is, pretty much so many times, There's a disconnect to what we want, who we want to be, and who we're living out in a daily basis. Like we, I believe with all my heart, you're here today because you want more of God. I believe with all my heart, you want to walk in this journey. And you know that God has a destiny for you. You know that God has things for you to accomplish. You know that God's giving you gifts and talents and things to use for his kingdom. But there's a gap between where you are, okay, and where you need to be. And I got to tell you this. The way that you close that gap is through your decisions. It's through your daily decisions. The most spiritual thing you could do, it's not praying. It's not reading your Bible. Or it's not worshiping. The most spiritual thing you could do is your decisions. Because let's say, for example, if you don't even have a Bible, but you just make the decision to get on your knees and surrender your life to God and give God your entire life, that decision is the most spiritual action that you've done. And obviously, prayer and reading the word and worship is crucial and vital in the journey for us to grow. But our daily decisions, first, you need to make a decision to pray. You you have to make a decision to read the Bible. You know, you have to make a decision to worship. You have to make a decision to be in this journey. So your decisions play a huge part. And I want to let you know that sometimes we don't make good decisions. And I know this simply because I believe that so many times... One of the greatest reflections of what's in our heart is social media. Social media. I really believe that in some way, how we believe that what we post is, even though it's part of us, it's like, it's like separate. It's like, you know, like, you don't, not too many people might comment, not too many people might say anything, but we post things or we say things that in so many ways don't bring honor to God. So it's almost like an extension of reflection of what's in our heart. And in addition to that, something I want to even bring up too, is that I feel like so many people want to get into useless arguments on social media. Useless. Useless. And forget the big picture that we're here to win people for Jesus, To impact lives, to see Jesus transform people from the inside out. And I'm gonna even be very, like many of you know that even myself, I'm an elected official um, here in the city of Elizabeth. I don't post anything political on my Facebook page or my social media accounts. Why do you think I don't post political things on my Facebook account? Because honestly, In the end of the day, everyone's going to decide if they're going to be a Democrat or a Republican or Independent or whatever. That's your choice on whatever you decide. I want to make sure that I have a voice into your life about Jesus. And I don't want to put any barrier between me and that person or whoever's watching social media that could cause a distance between us. Because of political posts, that honestly political posts change from today, you could, you could check, like, like, in six months, people are going to be saying different things about everything. Like, you know what I mean? Like, things change so quickly. But I'm just sharing something I do. I'm not telling you that you need to do what I do. But I just want you to see the motive behind it. In the end of the day, it's about impacting lives, changing lives. And one of the biggest platforms we have is social media. What are we doing with social media to really be able to reach out and touch people? Or are we grieving the Holy Spirit because of what we're saying and doing? Our character speaks a lot, much louder than any words that we could ever say. I don't know if you remember a commercial. There's a commercial that was back in the day. Any of you guys that are young are not going to remember this. But it's from Wendy's. Some of us might remember. Can we play the commercial real quick? It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. Big fluffy bun. It's a very big fluffy bun. Where's the beef? Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun where's the beef at wendy's we serve a hamburger we modestly call a single and wendy's single has more beef than the whopper or big mac at wendy's you get more beef and less bum hey where's the beef i don't think there's anybody back there you want something better you're wendy's kind of people how many of you remember where's the beef how many of you still remember it like honestly whenever i think of wendy's I think of where's the beef. Yeah. So that was such a big commercial back then. They had a couple others that went with it. And, um, but I just thought it was so catchy even at that time that whenever I would go to like McDonald's or Burger King or anywhere else, I would say to them, where's the beef? You know, like where's the beef? And that's like the main thing. You don't want to get a burger and be missing like the main aspect, the main patty. And my question really to our walk with Christ and even through this series what what what's being highlighted too one of the major things is that we need to be authentic and i want to ask where's the love where's the love because that's where we're diving into today because today uh, we touched on the holy spirit just the fact that he's a person He has emotions that we don't want to grieve him, not with our daily actions, not with what we do in social media. But today we're also focusing on the Holy Catholic Church, small C, the universal church, and also the communion of saints. And my question is, where's the love? Where's the love? Because here in our church too, our church is called Christ Fellowship. Pretty much it's Christ, Jesus at the center, and fellowship is really the communion of saints. It's us being together, being a family, having communion together, like sharing the elements and honoring Jesus in that way. But also living life together, sacrificing for one another, being there for one another when times get tough, celebrating when things go well, and really getting to know one another. So my question is, where is the love? That's a question we need to ask ourselves in our own heart. Because so many times, and we're going to go into this, we could get caught up in so many different things in Christianity and forget the main thing. God wants us to love him and to love others. He boiled it down, love him and love others. But so many times we chase after and we get caught up on other things that really we forget the foundational things. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, this is the love chapter. And obviously we're going to read more than usually what's highlighted, usually during um, weddings and everything like that. But starting in verse 1, it says this. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have a gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that could move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. So right there, the Apostle Paul is highlighting like, you know, the main thing is love. Verse 3, if I, possess, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not um, have love, I gain nothing. And then starting at verse 4, key verse, uh, key verses that we always have heard. Love is patient. It's right behind me. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. it it, it is not proud it does not dishonor others it's not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth it always protects always trusts always hopes always perseveres love never fails but where there are prophecies they will cease Where there's tongues, they will be stilled. Where there's knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness um, comes, what is in part disappears. Now, the next statement is really important, especially how we've been talking about really living, um, following Jesus as a true disciple, as a sheep in a fold. He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. So here it says, spiritually, you need to grow up. And spiritually, you growing up doesn't mean that you know how to prophesy. Does not mean that you speak in tongues? Does not mean that you, you give everything you own to help other people? No, no, no. Here, it's like we need to grow up spiritually, and a foundational um, component is the love that we have for God and for one another. Verse 12, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, and then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Verse 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, love. But the greatest of these is love. So here, love is foundational. And a major thing in the Apostles' Creed is the Holy Catholic Church, small c, universal church. When God looks down in the city of Elizabeth, he sees one church. He doesn't see all these individual churches. He sees his church. When there's one church that's hurting, we're all hurting. When there's one church that's, that we need to celebrate with them, we all should be celebrate, uh, celebrating with them. Some of us here, we, we might know Iglesia Jehovah Nisi is a church in the city of Elizabeth with Pastor Nestor Cardona and Rosa, really good friends of ours. And from one day to another, their church a couple of years ago burned down. It caught on fire and the church burned down. So if we wouldn't be, underst- you know, with the understanding that we're part of the universal church, And that God's heart is for all the churches that, you know what I mean, like that proclaim his name. You know, we could have easily like looked the other way. Or we could have done what most people do whenever there's something happening. We take out our phone and record it and we don't help nobody. Nobody. We watch someone get hurt. We we watch a building catch on fire and we don't want to let's say call 911 and call the fire department. We're like, no, I want to catch this on video. Like, you know, like it's like we might pull out the phone quicker than anything else, but something that we did back then, we united the churches of Elizabeth and those that are close by, and we had a special event where we raised a lot of money to bless that church so they could rebuild. Because the way we see it is if one church is hurting, we're all hurting. You know, if a church is doing well, we should all celebrate with them. It's not about competition, about this church or another church or this or this. No, it's not about that. Like, the main thing is that the church of Jesus, true church of Jesus, like, is built up not only here in Elizabeth, in New Jersey, throughout the country, and in the world. We need to support one another. And another major thing here, and um, with that, obviously, we could talk more, but I want to move on a little bit, talking about the communion of saints. Like I mentioned to you, like here, the communion of saints, it's about sharing lives together. For me, it's been an honor to be a part of Christ's Fellowship since the very beginning and share life with so many of you over 20 years, side by side, doing the work of God, getting to know one another, living life together, being there side by side, helping each other as we go through this journey. But I also know, because I was there in the beginning, I remember when I first started coming to church, uh I, I i actually i i came um from a catholic background too so when i first coming uh, came to church i was blown away by with people like raising their hand and a guitar on stage i was like what is this what's going on and there were a couple people jumping up raising their hands and i have to say it was foreign to me like i was just like this is a little different and weird from what i'm used to type of thing um but Something that I loved about our church is that you could come dress however, however you want, really. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I, as long as you have clothes, you know, you have to have clothes. Um, and so I, I remember when I used to come um, in the beginning, I used to come in my jogging pants. You know, I, like, I was mad dressed down. But I used to come sometimes by myself, and I used to sit in the back. And just the moment service left, I used to leave. I used to walk out. Like I knew just a little handful of people, probably like three or four people that I knew. And I used to leave thinking that church was just attending Sunday morning. Thinking that church which is something to check off the list that I'm doing something spiritual. Thinking that church is just me sitting in a chair, warming it up a little bit, sitting in a chair, listening to a teaching, singing a couple songs, and then leaving and doing whatever I wanted to from Sunday afternoon until the next Sunday when I would do the same exact thing. And I know I did that for a while until little by little I started to talk to other people and other people started to reach out to me and talk to me. And I remember six months after starting to come, pretty much I started getting exposed to, hey, there's a youth group that you could be a part of. Because I was 18 years old. It's like, hey, you could, um, and many of you know I'm just 25 now. So I was like 18, right? 25 on almost each leg. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's like a youth group you could be a part of. And I was like, sure, I'll go, and I'll, I'll, I'll go and try to help out. And... But I don't know what would have happened if I didn't open my heart to allow other people to come in or if other people didn't reach out to me to try to talk to me. I really believe I would have probably stopped coming to church. I probably there would have been one or two Sundays I would have missed and maybe no one would have noticed because no one really knew me. So I would have just probably disappeared into the sunset and not continued coming. But it was a two-way street. It had to be me being willing to allow people to come into my heart and me reaching out to other people as well. And I say that because unless we do that, we're not going to experience the communion of saints we're not going to experience what our church is all about, Christ fellowship. And I don't want it to just be about the name fellowship. I want us to truly be in fellowship. And I don't care if today's your first day visiting our church or you've been here from the beginning. you If, if it's your first day, you have equal opportunity equal rights to grab any of us to talk to us to live life together to share whatever's on your heart with us we're life is hard enough to go through it alone and we need god to be at the center but i really believe that here the the fact of fellowship it's so important but even with this We could be rebellious as well. Even with the thought of God wanting us to love one another, how could we love one another if we don't talk to one another? How could we love one another if if all of a sudden anyone tries to love you, you all of a sudden you put your walls up. You're like, nope. You know, like one yard away, you're not getting anywhere close to me. How could we love one another if we're not willing to get uncomfortable? Like talking to someone that you don't really know? Talking to someone that might speak a different language? Just because they speak a different language, I think everyone understands what a handshake is. I think everyone understands what a hug is. I think everyone understands what a smile is. But so many times we could be rebellious even in church. And I described to you the Carlos in the beginning coming to church. I wonder if that description describes you. When it comes to church, it's really for you to come in and just to listen. But it's not to engage. It's not to share your life with anyone. It's not to allow someone to speak to you and for you to really, really fellowship with someone else. The moment the teaching is done and we just close the papers, ahí tú corre tan rápido out those doors. Like a ninja. Like, you just like, what, what, what happened? It, it, it's like you, you don't even see the person. It's like you just feel the air go past. It's like, what, what? What's this? Some of you, be, uh, you try to use other exits that we don't even use normally. It's like, yo, why did they go through that door? It's like, where are they going? You know? It's like as important as the teaching is, Worship, prayer, fellowship, the communion of saints, living life together, that's equally important for all of us to live life, to love one another. When you think about this, Jesus told us to love him and to love others. To boil down, really you could boil it down just to that statement, love him and love others. Boil down all the commandments to that. But how could you love others if you're not willing to love them, or if you don't allow them to love you. And I get it. Like some of you right now, you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, Carlos, but you don't know what I've been through. It's like you don't know my life. You don't know the, the people that have betrayed me. You don't know the drama I've been through, this and that. But let me tell you something. If you only focus on the past of your negative experiences... All you're doing is playing the broken record of Satan's record in your life, you could say. Like Satan is just constantly trying to remind you of what used to be and that things can't change. And we sang before that chain, all the chains falling. You know, you have to take the steps towards that to see the chains fall in faith. So instead of listening to the record that your own mind has been playing, that the enemy has quickly and conveniently placed it as well, imagine starting to live and believe and do actions differently than what you've done before. You know, they they say, I, I might say this wrong, but they say insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Like, if you keep doing the same thing in your Christian walk, you know, like, it's like you can't expect to have a different result. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you have to do something different. You have to do something different, like, in your Christian walk to experience different things that God has for you. And for some of us, it's to step out of the comfort zone and to show love to one another. So I want to tell you real quick that really in our life, we could easily be, all of us, all of us, including myself, in our journey in church, in the beginning, when I would go, you could say I was a goat. I had goat-like tendencies inside church, because whenever there was opportunity to do things, or whatever it may be, I would refuse to do it, and really leave, or do other things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would buck the possibilities of what God had. So right now I want to highlight five things. And this is dynamics within a church, within us, but it's to evaluate your heart again. i love for us to dive in deep and look at our hearts. And I know we've been talking about the goat and the sheep. There will be five things. This is the first one here behind me. Now, look at your own life. Yeah, you see the little goat there on the left, little sheep on the right. Do you tend to complain a lot or do you encourage a lot? I'm just talking about tendencies within your life, within the church, within your family. Are you more of a complainer, more than an encourager? When was the last time you encouraged your kids? And for those of you that are kids, when was the last time you encouraged your parents? When was the last time you encouraged your spouse? When was the last time you encouraged someone that's serving you here in church on a Sunday morning? There's, I just want to let you know, there's people that show up here at church at 8 in, in the morning on Sundays. 8 in the morning to make sure everything is together. Even when I show up, I usually show up around 8.45, 9. When I show up, there's been people here already an hour before me, already setting things, cleaning, putting things in order and everything. They're doing it because they love you. But imagine it's like next time you see one of them, just to encourage them and to thank them for what they're doing. So think about this which side do you lean on i'm not telling you to raise your hand i don't want to cause no drama and don't be pointing at anyone yo my wife is a goat or my husband is a goat you're gonna sleep on the couch tonight all right next question the next one this is oh this by the way this is a pop quiz so i know many of you don't like pop quizzes but this chord versus one accord Discord, are you always here causing, let's say, controversy, division, gossiping, slandering, talking about your leaders or whatever it is, or just causing unnecessary drama? I hate drama. Yo ni veo novelas. I I don't like dramas. I don't like soap operas or any of that. So, Discord, are you about that life? The Discord. Language, that's Satan's voice. Whenever I hear just people voicing discord, it's like, yo, I I, I see through the words and I see something else. I see the enemy plotting or trying to do unnecessary drama through sometimes people that don't even mean to do it. And one accord, do you strive to keep unity? Unity in the church, unity in your family, unity wherever you go. Unity is what God wants, the fellowship, Christ's fellowship, the communion of saints. All right, we're going to keep going. Number three, gossip versus gospel. The, the two, pretty much gossip. The goat loves to gossip. I already talked a little bit about this. You know what it is. You know, they, 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 they talk about 30 minutes and in the end just say, please pray for them. They might even forget to pray for them. So either gossip or gospel. The gospel talking about the good news, not the drama news, not the gossip news, but the good news. So what, what do we tend to say? Right now in this moment, in this room, there's people that are hurting. There's people that are going through very difficult things. People that are probably even questioning if it's worth living. People that are addicted to probably certain um, things in their life that they would love for God to set them free from. You know, drama at home, drama at work, issues that we've been dealing with for years. There's so many different things. And imagine if wherever we go, as we fellowship, we're able to share the truth and help people in that way by sharing them on the gospel. The next one, get versus give. The goat just is, is only interested on what they could get. I just want to get, what am I going to get out of church today? That's the goat. I just want what I could get today. And you know what happens? Tendencies of goats, a lot of times, goats, when they feel as though they can't get certain things in a certain church, they'll go to another church and another church and another church. And they, they church hop trying to really get whatever they want. And I have news for everyone. There's no perfect church. On this side, there's no perfect church. When we get to heaven, we'll see a perfect church. Not here on earth. As long as we're on earth, there's always gonna be some type of issues. And a sheep is about to give. So when you come to church, is about is it about what you could get or what you could give? You know, for all of us, like you know what I mean, like. So think about this. Even some of you be like, well, what could I give? There's a lot of areas where you could give, but imagine give a word of encouragement, you know, put an arm around someone, you know, like ask someone, be like, how are you doing? How's your day? Like really give support to one another. The last one is about very similar to the last one I mentioned, me versus we. The go is just interested in one person. Me, myself, and I. That's it. Some of you remember that song from back in the day. Me, myself, and I. Uh, well, who was you singing that? De La soul. De La sold. I, wa- I was going to say Tribe Called Quest, but uh, De La, soul, De La soul. Um So it's about me, myself, and I. That's it. The goal is just interested in them they don't care that your life is falling apart they don't care if you need help they don't care you know, all of a sudden the goat just walks in and be like is it cool enough or is it hot enough you know is someone took my chair last time i noticed there's no names on anybody's chair you know what i mean like you can sit wherever you want but you know the goat is just about me oh the music is too loud for me it might be good for everyone else like you know what i mean like The goat is just about them, while, you know, the sheep is about we. What's best for all of us? What's best for the church? What's best for the other person? So to have fellowship, we're going to go through this really quick. We have to close the space between us, and I know right now you might be sitting next to your spouse. You might be sitting next to your friend. Some of you might have allowed many seats side by side for me. you like, nobody sits close to me. <laughs> I sit by myself. <laughs> you know, you're like, I don't know your situation. But we're to close the gap to fellowship. And to close the gap, there's five things we have to do. The first one is sacrifice. It will be back there. To close the space, okay, sacrifice. You, it takes sacrifice to be able to close the space space to deal with someone else, to talk to someone else, to engage someone else, to be able to um, speak into someone else's life, to be able to commune with someone else, it takes sacrifice because all of a sudden you're getting, you're stepping out of your comfort zone and I don't care if you're an extrovert or introvert, be like, no, Pastor Carlos, you don't understand, you're, I'm an introvert, believe it or not, my default is introvert, my default is introvert. The reality is, introvert or extrovert, it's about being obedient to what God wants us to do. You know what I mean? It might be easier for some of us than others, but that's not an excuse to not do it. Just want to bring that out. It's a sacrifice whenever we do it. Number two um, um, for for it is we have to be purposeful. You can't just assume it's going to happen. You have to be purposeful and intentional to be able to have fellowship with one another. The third one is A, is access. You have to give people access into your life. You have to give them access. And I get it. Some of us, it might take a little bit more time to trust and this and that, But I want you to make progress in giving people access. Sometimes there's certain people, like, I've talked to in the past. It's like, how's everything going? It's like, good. And then they walk away. They run away. (laughs) I was like, hey, like, what did I say? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you have to give people access into your life so we would be able to have, we're a family here in Christ Fellowship. I don't want us ever to become a church where we just come in and leave. And, and like, I'm not even, I, I know I mentioned that, but come in and not really spend time with one another together. The, the fourth one in space is courage. It takes courage. It takes courage to talk to someone that you don't know. It takes courage to be able to pray for someone. It takes courage to talk with someone. And E is express. To close the gap, the space We need to express this love to one another. Like some of us know that love comes in different languages. Some love words. Some love gifts. Some love time. You know, um, some love uh, touch. Some love, um, I'm trying to think, uh, um, uh, acts of service, doing nice things for one another. There's different ways that love is expressed. But the bottom line is that love is expressed. But for each of us, it's a choice we need to make. So what we're going to do to close this service, it's about 12.15 now. We're going to spend the next five minutes, five minutes, and I'm going to ask you to do something bold, courageous. I'm going to ask you to sacrifice. I'm going to ask you to be purposeful. I'm going to ask you to give people access. I'm going to ask you to be courageous, and I'm also going to ask you to express your love. So what we're going to do is I want us to break up in pairs, but with someone that you don't know, okay? Someone that's near you that you don't know, and let me explain to you what you're going to do. All I want you to do is I want you to talk with them briefly. And I want you to pray for them for something that they're going through in their life. Because here we are, Christ Fellowship, and we're to live up to our name. That we really truly love one another, wanting to be obedient to what God wants us to do. And I know this might not be easy for some of us, but I guarantee you it's something that God wants to lead you in towards. If everyone could stand up if you can and hold hands, and if everyone could bow their heads as we close in prayer. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for everything you've done for us and the example that you've given to each of us on how it is that we need to love and live our lives god you are the ultimate example god forgive us for being rebellious forgive us for making life about us by itself god forgive us for looking out only after ourselves and not others forgive us god For choosing, God, not to love one another, God, the way that you want us to love them, God. God, I pray that right now, this moment, you would transform every single person's heart that's in this room and that's watching through the live stream. God, I pray that you would help us see every person that we see throughout our lives moving forward through your eyes, God that we would know and want to see their hearts and not be impacted by their actions, God, or turned off by their actions, but, God, that our heart would break over the things that break your heart, that, God, that our hearts would rejoice over the things that rejoices in your heart, and that, God, our hearts would be moved after we see every single person. God, you died for every single person that we encounter You died for every single person we're holding our hands next to, God. You died for everyone that's ever lived and is going to live. So, God, if you loved in such a great way, how much more do we have to do it as uh, as well, God? Following your lead, help us love one another. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. I love you guys. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.